Yo, welcome to the Blind Idiots. This is a brand new podcast, episode one. I am Dan. I'm Adam. Yeah, boy, we're two blind idiots coming together to learn everything there is to know about you and your industry. And we dove deep into the internet to find people that, well, just were experts or knew about those topics and industries, sat down with them, and you guys are going to get to hear all the things that we've learned along the way, and hopefully you guys will be able to pick up some things as well. And uh, if you guys aren't familiar with who we are, what we've done, this is a little more laid-back version of what we've done in the past. Check out the Comfortably Poor podcast if you are a little more edgy. You learn a little bit about us and our our sense of humor. So this, again, is a little more laid-back and uh, informative. So episode one, uh, since it's us who's going to be bringing you the show week by week, uh, we decided to let you into our lives and give you a little uh, in on the both of us, where we come from, the stuff we're interested in, uh, so you can kind of get to know us right off the bat. One wanted to be an astrophysicist, and one wanted to be a molecular chemist. (laughs) Nah, just kidding, these guys are idiots. The Blind Idiots. Welcome to the show. Alright, so just a little bit about me. Uh, I am a kid who grew up in Patterson, New Jersey. Uh, I loved the radio since I was six years old, so I knew what I wanted to do since I was six, and it ended up working out for me. I have done music here and there throughout the years, became really big with technology and like figuring out things so that I didn't have to ask people for help. But my main thing was producing music and uh, doing radio stuff throughout high school, and here I am. Whew, 22 years later, getting to live the opportunity to be on the radio and do what I do. I am from Portland, Oregon. Shout out, Rose City. Yes, sir. Um, I am kind of a bum. I haven't really done much. (laughs) Graduated high school in 2000. uh, Got my bachelor's in 2018. So I took about an 18-year break from school uh, before I figured out what I wanted to do. Uh, It took me a long time to grow up and become an adult. Kind of like Dan, I always had an interest in radio as well, but never pursued it like he did. Uh, He was a little more motivated than I was. Um, Big sports guy, big entertainment, movie, TV kind of buff guy. Um, Love all that kind of stuff. So you'll hear a lot about that probably throughout the interviews that we do. I'll probably drop a movie reference or two. Um, I got two little bitch dogs. You'll hear about them too. Shout out Cooper, shout out Harley. and yeah, we're I'm just kind of linked up with Dan a couple of years ago, and uh, we've been trying to do this podcast thing since then, and um, it's been it's been a good time. It's been a, it's it's been been a fun ride. It's been a fun ride. He's a dedicated worker. So I gotta ask you because I don't want people thinking out here that you're like like you're not that much of a bum. Like you might have been a bum in the early two thousands, but you ended up straightening up in between the time that you. Uh, between the time that you were a bum, you always had jobs. That's the thing that people, you know what I'm saying? Like you got it. You can, you can slum it out here, but as long as you got a job, you're doing something for yourself. I think that's like always been your, your biggest thing, right? Yeah. So I've been working since I was like 14, everything from grocery. Uh, that was my biggest one. Start off working at 14. So um, in high school, you know how they got like elective, you know, you always take your elective credits in your core classes or whatever. I found out at 15, like beginning of my sophomore year, I was already behind 
in high school. Like one year in my freshman year, I've fucked off my freshman year so much that like going into my sophomore year, I was already behind on like elective credits and, <laughs> and things like that. So my counselor was like, you know, we need to, you need to get you caught up. And I was like, all right, well, I mean, what do I need to do? And just throughout the conversation, it came up that I was like, had a job and stuff. And she's like, oh yeah, you're working. Right. And I was like, yep. She's like, you know, you can transfer your working hours into what? I was like, Who could? I'm like, they should have told you that earlier. Yeah, I, I agree. That's I agree. crazy. So I basically went back like the whole freshman year. I'd been working and stuff like after school and on the weekends. So I just went and got all my pay stubs and everything. And from that point on, like I never took another elective credit. I just worked. I, I got out of school every day, like one thirty. Um, and that's just fire. Work, just grind it out. Um, you know, and, and did what I had to do. A lot of the times I'd, I'd, I'd go to work for like four hours and then I'd go back to school, uh, for baseball practice. And then after baseball practice, I'd go work like another four hours. That's the grind. That's to see people right there. That's the grind. It was dope because I worked for like, uh, a, a fairly decent sized grocery store, grocery chain in Portland, but it was like still mom and pop. So I was able to kind of have that like flexible schedule. With them. Isn't that how franchises work? Like that's why I can't wait to have franchise people on here. People who kind actually of. franchise the thing, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, I've just been working. And then, you know, um, 2002, you know, hence the blind idiots. I became blind, lost my sight, had some health issues and uh, did what I needed to do. Figured it out. And then just like right away started working again, like. Three years after I lost my sight, just figured it all out and started grinding. Did you know, like, about anything blindness before you went blind? Because like, you were, what, 20? At the time uh, you yeah. went blind, you were 20. Yeah. 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 No, I didn't. Um, like, did you ever see a cane a before that? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I saw guide dogs. There was a dude that used to jump on the bus that I would take to school every day, the the pub, the like uh, TriMet transportation bus. And uh, he was a dude that was like going to work every day with his guide dog and stuff. So I knew about that shit, and you know, I had a had an idea of it. Um, but it, it, yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know anything about the technology that was at my fingertips. You know, even in two thousand two, didn't know. So how'd you get put on? Yeah. Uh, luckily the, you know, like rehabs in Portland. The, oh, okay. So you signed up automatically. Family, uh, my family had to put, it was about a year, a year after I was totally blind. I was just, I was just kicking it for a year. Just, I was sighted guide everybody, you know, hand on the shoulder. I didn't even know the proper way to do sighted guide. Uh, we could talk about that another time. Uh, but yeah, I was just, I was a dude that put the hand up on the shoulder and just let the homies walk me around or whatever. <sighs> That's actually fascinating to me because I always say to people like, the younger you lose your sight, the more willing you're, the more willing you are to go out. Because like people who lose their sight later, later in life, 30s, 40s, 50s, they've lived so much of their life. And 20 years is a long time. But you're about to live another 20 years and you knew what it's like to have to not have it. Right. So like, I'm glad it didn't stop you from going out. And it didn't stop you from, like, doing things and living life because for other people, it completely immobilizes them. Yeah. No, I definitely knew I had to get out there and do shit. The, the, the downfall, though, is, like, one was handing over my driver's license. That, that sucked. Yeah, that's tough. That was a tough one. 
I'd only been driving for like four years, but I got my license the day of my 16th birthday and then having to hand that over, that was tough. Um, but, you know, it's crazy. Like, you learn who your friends are. You learn who your people are because I had a lot of people jump ship when I lost my sight. Wow. A lot of people screwed me over. A lot of people take, uh, you know, one or two people that I was super close with that I considered brothers and family and best friends, you know, screw me out of money thinking because I was just getting free money. You know, I was I was getting social security. I can straight up admit it. I, I needed it though. I needed the help, man. I I was on my own. Uh, my mom's had just passed away like six months after I went totally blind. My mom's passed away, so it was like all this big, huge like whirlwind of like trying to figure shit out, right? And so like, yeah, I got the social security. I got the food stamps. I got Section Eight. I got all this like, but, like people were taking advantage of me. People that I thought were the were the homies. Damn, that's that, that crazy. That's that that's a big eye opener for sure. No pun intended. Wow. Yeah. So going back to like what you said about people are younger though, let's talk about you too, because you know, again, hence the blind idiots, you know, you've been someone that's been dealing with it since a young age. Sure, yeah. I don't know how it happened with me too, because like I'm like the carrier. Nobody had any vision problems. There was no history of vision problems in my family. And so I was just like born with cataracts. My mom, like two weeks after she brought me home, you know, was like looking at, she was looking at my eye and she saw like the white dot. That's how you know, you know what I'm saying? Right, 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 right. And they're like, oh, you know, my mom thought I had something else. She starts checking my fingers and my toes and shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Checking your skin tone and shit. Yeah, like, right. What's like, what? What's is everything else white? And I just didn't notice. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> yeah. like, um, she took me back, and that's like, they. That's when it was like the, I had the first surgery, like a couple weeks after my birth, and then, but like. I still could see. I I saw. So I got a prosthetic eye, and when I was like two, um, sometimes I think it's earlier, but I really do believe it was two. I got a prosthetic eye because they tried a cornea transplant, and it rejected. <clears throat> so it shrunk my eye about to like about the size of a raisin, and then they put a prosthetic in there, and. Uh, Let me ask you about that real quick. Cause like a prosthetic is a two, like your body still grows, right? Like yeah. you have to get different ones over the years. Like you get, you should. Yes. But yeah. like I care and like from what I was hearing too, like I care in the West coast is really important for some reason. It's wild. A lot of people out there got constant check-ins and, and everything like that with, with, with their families. Or with their doctors. We, I've had the same eye for a long, long time. And I should yeah. get it changed. I should get it changed. He said, that's just dirty. That shit looks like a smoker's wall and shit. It's yellow now and shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's just old. <laughs> it's time for upgrade shit. Yeah. But like, you know, it was really nice messing with people, leaving it out on the, on the table. You know what I'm saying? I like, bet. You know, my... In high school and stuff? My music teacher, yeah. One of the greatest stories with my music teacher was like... And I, I knew I could mess around with him like this, but like he was... He went to go do something. It was early before classes started. And he went to go do something. He was like... Uh, he was like, hey, Daniel, keep uh, keep an eye out on the 
on the class for me. <laughs> and so I came around his desk and I just put <laughs> I just put my eye right in front of his computer keyboard so that when he sat down it would just be right there looking at him. Yeah. <laughs> Boy. Yo. That's wild. <laughs> And like and it, as a person that you don't see that that often, so like that like, you don't know what's yeah yeah you don't brilliant. know what the hell is going on. <laughs> so he sits down and he's sitting there for a second, and then he looks down and he goes, "Daniel, is this?" He's like, "Is this your eye?" He was like, "Come get your eye off of my desk, right?" And then he started seeing like he's like, oh, and then there's eye juice. <laughs> he was gross the fuck out. But it was so great. Uh and he was such a good sport about it. I was like, Well, you told me to keep an eye out for the class. And I was just helping you. He was like, I didn't mean literally. <laughs> uh so let's talk about that a little bit. So Music, like music, the the more I've gotten to know you is like a big passion of yours. What what All drove right. that? What what led you to to get into music? So, my biggest thing was recording. I was actually really fascinated about recording at four years old. Like my mom had gotten me one of those like those fucking toy microphones with the fucking speaker thing. You know, you could record onto tape or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, I remember being fascinated about recording and, like, asking my mom, could she, like, record me? Like, that always kind of was, like, wild to me. Like, it was a wild concept that I could hear myself back. So when I was six, and and I was singing. I was singing recording, like, at four. Like, you know what I'm saying? Okay, so, like, okay. that's that was, like, my start of singing. And then, like, throughout the years... I would listen to music and I would sing and I was really getting into like catching bass parts and being so fascinated listening to all different styles of music because I grew up, uh, I'm half Puerto Rican, half Colombian. I grew up in a, you know, pretty much Latin environment. So like I got the best of both worlds. Like on my time, I'm listening to hip hop and pop music and rock and then when I'm with the family, it's Spanish music. You know what I'm saying? So, like, right, I'm getting right. so many sounds, and I'm learning what's a horn and what's, you know, counter melodies. But I don't know the names to any of this stuff, bro. I just noticed it when I was a kid. And I would sing. I would do harmonies. Like, I didn't know that that was called harmony until a certain point. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I would... um like sing perfect harmonies over songs that were playing on the radio and that was that was like my love for music and then at 13 one of my homies actually till this day he's he he works for um shout out to my man mo he works for AEW uh he the wrestling yes yeah that's dope yeah he's a reporter for them and uh he's he's always had a love for wrestling is huge 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 fan uh, so my boy in like, I met him in like 2006, I was 13. He goes, yo, do you want to, or he, he heard me singing. He was like, bro, you need to sing in front of people. Like I never wanted to sing in front of people. I was always embarrassed. 
So he's like, you need to sing in front of people. And then we started making like little bullshit ass songs over industry beats, but they were hard. Like they were fucking yeah, hard. Yeah, yeah. And he was doing a lot of like the Spanish rap and I was doing the choruses and like singing and shit. And it was dope. Uh, that's, that was like my real, real start in music. And then I started producing my own stuff. I started singing things here and there. Um, I knew it was big when I performed at the, I performed at my high school's talent show and there was over, there was like probably almost a thousand people in that room. That's crazy. In that auditorium. And I remember, um, like honestly feeling vindicated. I had done this song in, in my mom's living room at the time. We were still living in her living room. I um, remember recording this one song to a Spanish beat. And I wasn't really saying anything, but it was just like, you know, back it up, back it up. You know what I'm saying? In Spanish. And it was hard. <laughs> that shit was hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I fucking like made an arrangement. It was a full song too with verses and shit. I made a... I made like a kind of keyboard arrangement. I was just bullshitting. You know what I'm saying? Because I was already playing keys. I started playing keys officially in 2006. When I was in eighth grade, my my uh, music teacher told me, he's like, I started on drums actually. And he was like, do you want to um play piano? Because that was his main instrument. And I was like, yeah, I yeah, always yeah. did. You know what I'm saying? You always had them little bullshit keyboards, the Casios and right. shit. Little Casios and shit, <laughs> Right? Yeah. You know, I had the 100 bank songs and everything with a whole new world and all that. It was bananas. So, um, but I never had proper training. We could never find people who, like, I remember being turned away. One time this one guy said he would teach me guitar. I was probably like eight years old. And so we show up. And he's literally, literally turning us away, me, my mom, and my grandma, because you're blind? Like, I don't know how to teach a blind kid. I, I would never oh, know how to do yeah. that. Like, That's bananas. Yeah. like, And it happened a couple times. It happened a couple times. But that was the one I specifically remember for sure. But um, so I started playing keys. I made this keys arrangement of that song that I made in my mom's living room. Because I was learning computers already at that point. Like, learning how to record myself and shit. Bro, (laughs) I performed it at the school. And they wanted to disqualify me because um, the song was quote-unquote suggestive. uh, And two, I didn't inform them that I was going to sing. They just thought I was going to play keys. So and they never let me audition because they were like, "Oh, we know what you do because you play for the school's, you know, music majors, you know, for the music majors in the school. So we know what you do on keys. You don't gotta audition for us." But it was fire because I started playing, and one of the professional musicians started doing drums behind me, right <laughs> on keyboard drums, That's dope. and the place erupted, bro. Like, it was the first standing ovation of the night. Nobody, like, like people were fucking, like, running to me. Like, like I was a fucking celebrity, bro. It was crazy, right? I'm going to tell you, like, it's a room full of, like, a thousand people. 
It's bananas in here. It's packed wall to wall. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So... Is this like a talent show during the, the day at school, or is this like nah, after hours? Like this was after hours. You got to invite families, to... invite the okay. outside. And my school was a community, like it was a county school. So, you know what I'm saying? It would be this big promotion, and they would have it on like the billboards and a little screen outside the school and shit. So if you drove down the hill, you could see the shit on the screen. That's tough. And so afterward... At the end of the talent show, swear to you, my boy, shout out my boy Ricky. Ricky was a Latin percussionist. And he did a routine. He he, yeah, of course. Ricky Rosa. Can't get any more fucking <laughs> Latin percussion than that. That just yells Latin percussion. Right though? And uh they were like straight Puerto Rican dudes. You know, his father ended up getting CTS. So Okay. He wanted his son to kind of pick up the legacy of playing his instruments and shit. So it was, um, so Ricky had done something for the talent show. And it was like, he was probably like two acts after me, I think, or something. Or maybe like an act before, or two acts before. But again, I told you, like, the place erupted. So at the end, he wins it. And it was like a legit trophy. Like, it was the first talent show they ever did, and they were giving, like, a trophy out and shit like that. Oh, shit. Okay, okay. It was like, it was real deal. It was the real deal. It was the real deal. But my boy, Ricky, he had my back. He was like, honestly, like, I want to share the earnings with him because he was the first. he was the first person to get a standing ovation tonight, and I think it's really messed up how they did him. And everybody, because I was already on stage, all the performers were on stage, my guy, I thought I was going to go deaf. Like, that's when I knew I had something. That's when I knew I had something in music. Everybody went crazy for you? Everybody went crazy. In the in a moment where they wanted to disqualify me and not have me be a winner, because I would have totally been the winner had that's they not crazy. tried to disqualify me. Yeah. This is this is the, the, these stories right and is here. That when, <laughs> would you say that you like were pretty invested in music by then, or is like you were just like it was yeah. like a hobby, and then you nah. like really knew like I was I, invested I, I in music. In I was okay. invested in music because I kind of was um I kind of was like deterred a little bit from radio because of how things right. were going. So a lot of things were yep, changing. Yep. Howard went to Sirius uh, Sirius at the time. It was it was not even Sirius XM yet. He went to Sirius. Um, they hired David Lee Roth to take his markets, which is fucking hilarious. And then they brought in Opie and Anthony. So they rehired the guys that they fired four years prior. But one of the things I was hearing through ONA was management. Management sucks. Management, management, management. And I started thinking, like, my hands are going to be tied on radio. Like, I'm already yeah. being scared off. And I'm only 14, 15. And I'm hearing the bitching, the bitching and moaning about management. And that kind of scared me off of radio for a little bit. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to learn audio and I'm going to learn music. So I got to have something else. So I got to have a plan B. That's dope, though. For anyone that wanted to know, too, like uh, you mentioned, he's Puerto Rican and white. I uh, grew up all white and you'll hear about my privileges later. So yeah, make sure. Make yeah, sure you know, because it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
some of your, we're gonna start seeing how who was more privileged than the other. And sometimes <laughs> I think I'm a little more privileged than than you were. <laughs> Uh, so, so let's talk about something that you said earlier because I thought uh, I didn't want to skip past it. Um, you said you would go to work, you would go to school to do baseball practice. How long have you been playing baseball? And then, did you know you wanted to play baseball as a kid? Yeah, I had been playing baseball since I was six. Like T-ball. Wow. Uh, yeah, and literally every year all the way through high school. So, yeah, like I, I, mean, I even played up until, you know, like I was losing my sight. Like, you know, just pick up games here and there. Like after high school days, just pick up games to be in it. Um, I had some opportunities in high school. Wait, 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 wait. Um, Before we get there. So, like, were you just, how did you find places to play as a kid? Um, so, just, like, our local community, like, our local Little League. Um, okay, so. Was, yeah, so. They took you in. Um, yeah, I mean, I was allowed to play with them. Okay. <laughs> took me in. What do you, what do you mean? <laughs> Yeah, they let the fat white kid play. Yeah, <laughs> so, so they, there was something about they need the numbers. The numbers uh, I things look better the if they just order. get the fat yeah. white kid, the chubby white kid that nobody likes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so so yeah, so yeah, my mom and um, you know, there's other kids, other kids in the neighborhood were playing too. So it's like through the grapevine, like I heard about it, and then came home and told my mom, like I want to play. Every all these other kids are going to play. And, Are you friends uh, with anybody you, know, you played baseball with in high school? Even I wouldn't say I'm a s acquaintances. Acquaintances, not so much friends. Nah, that's fair. That goes yeah. back to that old thing, man. A lot of people jump ship. So, but wow. yeah. So I just uh, <coughs> I just started playing. Like I just uh, yeah, literally started playing with family. Like uh, my one cousin that was my age. Uh, we were on the same team a lot. As 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 youngsters, and then it became kind of fun because as we got like older and everything, he was on other teams, and so we got to play against each other, which brought a little competition. And um, you know, so I was born in April, he was born in June, so we're like really, you know, pretty close. That's fire. But we were pretty close as like, That's fire. kids too. Like even playing basketball, we played basketball um, on on team uh, organized basketball. Um, shout out our fourth grade team, you know, uh, champions, you know, we won that, won that whole thing. <laughs> like, we got know, that shit. I got the third grade uh, science fair, so I feel just yeah. as, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, yeah, I just, but I, I mean, I, I, uh, I just, I loved it. I don't know. It was like the, the team camaraderie, <laughs> the just being out on the field. Baseball was during the summertime too. So it was like, you gotta be outside. I gotta be in the grass, you know? Getting dirty, running and sliding and getting dirty and shit like that. You know, as a kid, you just, like, thought it was cool. And uh, a lot of people, you know, baseball's boring, right? Ba baseball is a social activity, right? Like, it's go and even now, you go to a baseball game, you go, you have a couple hot dogs, a couple beers, 
talk and enjoy, you know, maybe there's a big hit every now and then. You cheer, you get excited, but it's a social event, right? You know, it's mm-hmm. more than anything. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. It was it was just, it kept driving me, kept kept pushing me, and yeah, ended up playing, playing through high school and uh, middle school, high school. Do you remember your biggest hit? Um... Or is that not something that you I mean, as a yeah, player really care about? No, I definitely cared about him as a kid. I definitely, yeah, hell yeah. You go tell people about that shit on the next the next day at school and shit. Like, yeah, bro. Like, and, and in middle school too, like you end up going to school with kids. They were on like the other teams and stuff. So I maybe wasn't always friends with them. But like in the hallways, you knew, you know, you give each other the nod or whatever. Or, mm-hmm. You know, you talk about it, be like, oh, yeah, man, we, you know, that was a great game we played this weekend, you know. If you got a good hit on somebody, you make sure to let them know about it. You know, Monday at school, you're like, I rocked you. I got you. I own you. I own you. You know, know? so, yeah, you know, you always got to have those moments. You still watch baseball today, right? It's a love. Religiously. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big Atlanta Braves fan. Um, I don't really know how that happened. I, I think I can put the pieces together. Because, like, Atlanta Braves used to be on TBS. And so, like, when we first got cable... That was the only channel. It was what was on TBS. Yeah. It was t- and the right. Cubs and the White Sox were on WGN. My mom's dated a guy that was, like, a Cubs fan. So I, I like the Cubs a little bit, too. But there was something about the Braves. Like, they had dope um, uniforms and just, like, they did the whole, like, insensitive Native American chop. So... <laughs> <laughs> You know, like, I got on, on board with it. I thought that was dope. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I just jumped on board with the Atlanta Braves. So, growing up in Portland. And it was like, they'd come on at, like, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Because they were, you know, 7 o'clock East Coast time when they'd, when they'd go on. It was like, 4 o'clock. So, after school, I could come home and throw on a baseball game. And it was it was just there. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, it was good times, man. I, I just love it. I love playing it. And... I even uh, when I wasn't playing it, I was like umpiring other little league, little leaguers. Like in high school, I was I was umpiring little leaguers, like eight, nine, ten year olds and shit. Um, just That's being nice. a part of the game any way I possibly could be. That's nice. It was good times. So then you say you got a job at at twenty three. I'm gonna, I'm gonna assume I'm gonna do with the math. Twenty four ish, yeah, twenty four. <clears throat> so working for the IRS. So you started first job after being blind. Yeah, I was working for the IRS. Wow. Like, shout out that. I go from working in grocery stores to working at Blockbuster, like, 17 to 19, 17 to, like, 20. I was working at Blockbuster to working for the IRS. (laughs) (laughs) That's not too bad, bro. No. That's not too bad. No, I love that, though. So you went from working with the IRS, and you worked with them for a good while, right? Like, 10 years? Uh, no, no, no. I was only with them for four years. Did you work for them after that? No, I tried to. I tried to get back with them. So I got married, went to wash, moved from Oregon to Washington. Okay. And that's when I left the IRS because I couldn't, I couldn't stay working with them. They didn't have any sort of like remote setup or anything like that. And where I was in Washington, I couldn't commute to the Seattle office because I was like three hours outside of Seattle. Where were you? Whidbey Island, Washington. Just like 
three hours north uh, west. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. I was on an island wow. literally in the Pacific Ocean in the Puget Sound. Uh, That's like um. I was about forty-five minutes from Bremerton, the Canada, border. right? Yes, that's yeah, like exactly. like Bremerton was an island. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was about an about forty five minutes from from Canada. So wow, um, way the fuck up there. Uh, but yeah, so then just yeah, shit went south with uh, me and my ex wife and CX now, and tried to come back to Portland get get my job back with the IRS. How long were you married? <laughs> Together for six years. Holy. God, you were with this yeah, woman for a for, while. No, together for five years. Five years, sorry. Together for five years, married for married for like two and a half. Wow, you were with her for a while. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Wow. And why Washington? Why did you go to Washington? Her job. Her job. Okay. She worked for waste management, quote unquote waste management. <laughs> and uh, she was a call center trainer. And she got a big promotion to become like this huge like West Coast trainer. Oh, so she was holding things down financially. Yeah, she became a the breadwinner. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. We were pretty equal. We were pretty equal while we were both in Portland because the All IRS right. paid pretty well. And then boom, she got this big promotion. I was like, You got the money. Let's go. You got the money. I'm out. See you, Portland. Yeah. Let's go. It's been yeah. fun. And uh, we ended up there, but man, when I still, I was still, I still felt like I was new to the blind thing. Like, although at that point I was six, seven years into being blind, like I still didn't really know everything. I just knew what I needed to do to get by, right? Like I knew my technology, I knew my cane skills, I just knew enough. And uh, that shit took a toll on me. When you're on an island, and there's like, oh my god, you know, Uber's not a thing yeah, right dude. now. Uber's not even. Uh, 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 an idea in somebody's ball sack right now. Like, it's Uber's nothing. So I'm still like taxis. Um, they don't really have any sort of like paratransit type thing. They they did, but it's like it only ran like certain days. It wasn't even like an everyday thing. So you had to like schedule things like on certain days when it was actually running. Um, there's oh. only two ways on and off the island. You either went further north, took a big ass bridge, or you went south and rode a goddamn ferry. So it was like, yeah, it just took its toll on you, you know, like, oh I'm, yeah, I couldn't I'm live on, I couldn't live on and, a, on an island like that. Yeah, so it, yeah, it caused problems for us. I, you know, it's probably, I mean, no problems about it. Way more me, a lot. Of, I, I took a lot of the responsibility later on, after kind of reflecting on shit. But you know, I, I, I can own it now that I was, I was the problem, without a doubt. And, Why? Uh, because you uh, fought uh, against being there so much? Uh, yeah, it just mentally, mentally it took. I, I hadn't had to have that battle with myself yet. Shit was pretty With easy, the blind thing. In my opinion, yeah. In right. my opinion, those first six, seven well, years. Well, you also went blind in a city that good. you knew, though, too. 100%. So you knew 100%. the places you like to go still, people were... People that you knew growing up were probably seeing you like, oh, you know, like yeah. being really cool and adapting to your blindness and shit. Yeah. And yeah. so, so yeah, it's like easier when it's, you're it's in cool. it. Yeah, it's easier when you're in your situation. Yeah, 100%. And uh, that's too, yeah. Uh, 
that's where I determined I was a bitch, so to say, <laughs> uh, being in Washington. Um, a lot of people may say otherwise other times, but uh, I did the old, um, you know, tried to commit suicide. Mm-hmm. And I say try because I definitely never followed through with it, mm-hmm. but it was in my head. And so I did everything to teeter right on that edge of doing it. Was that the divorce it. or was that the blind? It was everything. It was, it was, yeah. a, it was, a, it was, a, it was a everything. It was a, yeah, it was at that time when she served me with divorce papers and everything. I was in a bad spot six months wow. prior, the six months prior to that. And I took it out on her. I took it out on her son. I was becoming like a bad step parent and I was never wanted to be that way. But, um, I just, I was struggling. I was struggling. And I knew, I knew, I knew that. I know that now. And I learned that about myself, you know, a few years back. But uh, in the moment, I, I, I was on, I would put it all on her. Like I was, I was fighting back. You know, I was mad. I was angry. I was yeah. doing it. You know, I was, I was, I was a dick. <clears throat> and so, yeah, I, um, you know, I, I did the whole try thing. And, uh, you know, luckily it, it didn't. I'm glad I didn't, but I I, refer, yeah. I do refer to that as my bitch moment because I think a lot of people that do follow through with it have real reasons to follow through with it, whereas I was just being a bitch. So um, I'm sure it was more of an attention thing at that time, and uh, it just took me a long time to kind of realize that. So that's where I became an official bitch. Oh, what did you do about that? <laughs> I just figured myself out. I just learned like, and I guess, you know, people, we, we dropped the comfortably poor podcast in the beginning of this episode, but you know, I, I'm, it's tough for me to get on board with this anxiety and depression thing, because like I may have had a bit of uh, a little bout of depression at those times, but I just dealt with it. I figured it out. Like I, I talk shit out. I learned how to talk to people and just, be open with my feelings and not give two shits about what somebody said about me and did, you know, thought about me if I was emotional or if I cried or if I didn't cry or if I blah, blah, blah. Like, and that just helped me to, to get over it. Like I, I didn't talk to nobody. They tried to give me a talk to counseling, but you know, I was on a fixed income. I didn't, I couldn't afford $200 a week to go talk to somebody like that shit wasn't free. Um, so I just, I just figured it out, man. I learned a lot about myself. Um, figured out what I wanted in life, figured out who I was as a person and just kind of just said, fuck it. Like stopped caring about impressing people and, and, and being that person. And that worked. It worked for me. I know it's not going to work for everybody. I get that, but, um, it worked for me. So, and here I am, you know? So your mom passed away six months after you became blind. Yeah. Did she ever suspect that you would be a filthy foul mouth podcaster <laughs> if i had to guess she probably would have thought i would have worked at blockbuster until it went back like, <laughs> that would have been <laughs> she would have been like my son is 29 years old slinging dvds and trying to hit on 18 year old girls coming into Blockbuster on a Friday night. Like, I'm pretty sure. Did she ever. Did she come and see you at, at baseball stuff? Early. Man, me and my mom's relationship is so weird. Early on, yes. When I was young, 
she, as I got older, it was like hit and miss. She never came to a high school game. Not one. Yeah. Um, like middle school type ages, like those 9, 10, 11, 12 year old ages. Here and there, like 9 and 10, she kind of was there at the field. She'd work the snack stand every now and then. So I kind of took that as like she was supporting me. At least she was there. Um, but yeah. I'm pretty sure that's just she made a couple bucks off that to get her get her fixed that night. So buy her a 12 pack of beer. Um, oh my God. It's just, you know. Yeah, my, wow. my pops was there more for me a lot more than, and maybe that's just because we we bonded over that a little bit more. You know, my mom didn't really, she wasn't really into sports and shit like that. But uh, my pops would take me more, like especially on the weekends. You know, he worked, he worked his ass off during the week. So it was, you know, literally you always have like maybe you have like a Tuesday night game or something, and then maybe like one on Saturday. So most of the time, the Saturday games he was able to to be there, but. Yeah, not too much from my mom's side of things. Yeah, me and my mom's relationship was weird, uh, you know. But you lived you with know, her growing up. follow stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She was like a party mom. She was more of like a friend mom. Which I don't hate moms that are friends with their kids, but like, she was a mom. You need a balance. Yeah, she was a mom to a certain point, but then there was a certain age where it was just like, her lifestyle was her lifestyle and my lifestyle was my lifestyle. And so it was just kind of like, like at 10 years old, it was like I was a roommate. Although she would do things for me as her child, of course. Like, I don't want to make her sound like she's a bad parent. But, like, there just became a moment where, like, if I didn't need her, yeah, I didn't need her. Like I could You take, had to I survive fully, without like, her taking, and you had to figure yes. it out. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. So, yeah. That's kind of how I raised wow. like, grew up. Like, that's why I love cooking so much. Like, I started cooking at, like, seven, eight years old. Like, on the stove. Like, full on. Like I was telling my lady about this not too long ago, even the one of the first things that I learned how to cook, like I don't learn how to cook some scrambled eggs or make some top ramen on the stove. Bro, I was cooking full fledged, like, and earlier I said a fat white kid because I was a fat, chubby, white, diabetic. <laughs> Saturday morning <laughs> consisted of me getting up at like 7 a.m. to watch cartoons, throwing some hash browns in the pan, a couple of hot links in the pan. Frying up two eggs, making some toast, and sitting down in front of the, um, in front of the TV eating a big ass breakfast that I just cooked for myself, <laughs> like eight years old, full on like That's Sunday awesome. breakfast. <laughs> I was making for myself and just plowing through that whole plate of food, like yeah, this is GI Joes and shit, <laughs> having a good time. That's so but great. That's why I love cooking today. I I fucking I love being in the kitchen. I love cooking. I love trying things. I love making, you know, putting different things together. So it's it's stuck with me. Yeah. See, how did that work for you going from like cooking as a sighted person to cooking as a blind person? Did you Not become, a problem. So you, you were comfortable. You were still comfortable. 100%. Yeah. That's dope. I was doing shit when I was doing my vocational rehab shit. Like, you know, you could go do your little mobility shit and learn how to use the computers and Braille and all that kind of shit. Like. Uh, Portland, in their Portland office, they put you, like, your first couple of weeks, you got to do all your little assessment shit, right? They want to just know exactly, mm -hmm. they want to give help you more you hours in other things. Right. Yeah. I, cooking, like, I stepped in there, and, like, I was slotted for, like, 90 minutes with the lady that was going to, we were done in 15 minutes. So I was, she was just like, yeah, you don't need this. Go, go away. Go. You need more mobility <laughs> yeah. than, you know, an hour in here. Like, put that put that towards your mobility training and, and shit like that. I was like, yeah. I, 
I'm good with this. Oh, that's perfect. I'm out. Peace. Oh, I'm glad she knew from the beginning and she didn't force you to do a bunch of no. unnecessary stuff from the beginning. So that's really dope. No. What about you, though? What's your relationship with, like, you know, mom and pops? Uh, so I had a great relationship. I, I have a great relationship with my mom. Uh, we've always had a great relationship. My mom was really like one of those loving moms who, you know, she had two boys and we were the most important things in her life. And so we got hugs. We got, Hey, let's talk about why ABC. Like that was a shot taken. No, no, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I got a girlfriend now who doesn't know what that shit's like either. So you guys trauma bond. Um, but you know, CDs on report cards weren't you're going to get your fucking ass beat. It was what happened. You know what I'm saying? Where can I, I help you? Is better or whatever. Yeah. How can I help you? And honestly, like, it's so funny because my mom became super jaded when it came to romanticism and like relationships. So my mom never dated like it was really weird to have a stepdad when 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 he first came in and to see them together. It was odd because we never saw that for like seven, eight years of my life and like five, six of my brothers. We just knew my mom as a single woman. You know what I'm saying? Like doing right, it out here. Right, right, right. So my mom raised us for about seven, eight years by herself. By herself. She did everything and this was all while i was you know i was trying to have a relationship with my dad uh but my dad was one of them piece of shit dads and it's funny because like later he really tried after he had his last son that we know about you know uh (laughs) he he really was trying to be a dad but we were already teenagers you know what i'm saying and right. it's like, like he really was tried his his best to come back into our lives. And it's like, yo, the most important times have passed. And not only that, uh, the the lies is what shouldn't have been told. You know, my dad would literally lie to me about coming to pick me up and shit. But like every time my dad did show me love and like he did pick me up and he did take me to his house. Like, I was so happy. I was like, oh, this is, this is funny. I get to be with my dad. My brother always hated my dad. My brother okay. never. We share the same dad. Like, ill will towards him a little bit. Yeah, like, fuck you. Like, yep, yep, you, yep. you never cared about us anyway. And my brother's really big on that. He's He really is on, like, that whole thing of, like, don't fucking... Don't dare try with me ever, and if you never tried, I kind of sought that from my dad a little bit till I was like eight, nine, eight, nine, okay. ten. So around those ages, that's when I stopped really believing in my dad, um, and that's when I stopped really like feeling like I needed his approval. You know what I'm saying, like. But I really like five, six, seven. Because there's, always, it's almost like why? Why does it matter, right? Like at that age, a, like you realize, like right. his opinions, his thoughts, is whatever, what he thinks of me, or what, what, you know, why am my I looking mom, towards him as like guidance? Yes, yeah, because like my mom yeah, yeah. did everything, bro. 
She gave us everything. She would pack us lunches. She would, you know what I'm saying? Like, whatever we needed for school, she would fucking go. We would do, like, school shopping. Like, I... I was... I was... And so we joke about it, but like in so many ways, I realized how privileged we were. You know what I'm saying? Like the 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 cheapest thing we ate, you know, was fucking TV dinners when she couldn't uh, be home to cook and shit. It was you know microwavable TV dinners, and they're horrible. But that was like the cheapest thing we ate. Like I didn't really know the kill for ramen and uh um called hot dogs yeah and like hamburger <laughs> helper yeah. like i never had that stuff like i remember hearing of hamburger helper when i was growing up on the internet and i'm thinking like you know i'm already 12 13 at this point and people are talking about hamburger helper and i'm like what the fuck is hamburger helper you know what i'm saying I like still eat hamburger helper <laughs> <laughs> so I had it for the first time in 2018, <laughs> and I was like, "This shit is actually bomb." I was like, "This shit is bomb." Some of them are. It's all right. Some of them aren't too bad. It's quick and easy, hearty meal. You know, sticks to your ribs. I, I, but I, you know, in so many ways, my mom, she, if she could get up in time. My mom was always an early bird, so if she can get up in time, she would make us breakfast. You know, sometimes it'd be pancakes, sometimes it'd be fucking, you know, just eggs and bacon and fucking sausage. Uh, but there was breakfast and sometimes, you know, if she could get up early and do it. There was dinners, you know, pork chops and rice and beans and like we we definitely we're very, very lucky. You had lucky. family dinners. You had family meals together. We had family meals, but no, we didn't eat together. Everybody ate in their room and shit. It was, it was. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, no, nah, we was didn't eat together. Like, she shit. rang the bell. You guys came running, got your plates, yeah. and then went back. Got our plates, got, went back yeah. to do whatever but the fuck. We, I was going night. back to my room listening to Elvis Duran tapes, and my brother's going back <laughs> to watch whatever fucking show he's watching, right? Like, yeah, it yeah. was very rare that we sat with each other and we, you know, we did stuff. Even today, like, people are like, oh, I'm going to let you go spend time with your family and blah, blah, blah. Literally, we do not eat at the same time. We still treat it like a regular dinner. We just go, this is a holiday meal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's like, funny. I do that with you all the time. I was like, all right, bro, I hear you, mom. Yeah. Back. I'm going to let you go. Let me yeah. But it's never. <laughs> it's never like that. We never are just <laughs> sitting with, you know. And now... You know, my cousin passed away and he was a big part of our family, especially because I don't have a big family. So it was like yep, yep. my immediate family always, always was my mom, my brother and my cousin, my cousin John, who passed away. And um, it's so funny because it was just later that we started really like sitting with each other and like John would come over for 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 holiday dinners and <laughs> He would sit there, and he would wait till my stepdad was eating because he always used to hate how my stepdad ate because he eats like a fucking savage. You know, he's from Colombia. You know, they used to get his, their food taken. So with their fingers and shit, just yeah, shove it in just their shove as fast it. as possible. Yes, that. yes, and you know they grow up in like villages of kids, so everybody, you know, yeah. they don't give a shit. But you know, 
my cousin would laugh about that. And so honestly, after my cousin passed, I found so much importance in spending time with my family. Uh, so as I was home for, for the last few months, you know, I would sit with my mom and watch game shows and fucking sit with my mom, my brother to watch baseball games. You know what I'm saying? Cause they're big baseball fans and I love baseball. Um, it's the only sport I follow. So, um, yeah. you know, we would talk about baseball players and talk about the leagues and talk about, you know, fucking, you know, how everybody's doing. So it's a mix of that. I really found the importance of us all really taking each other's time to really spend time with each other. But my mom and I have always had a great relationship. She's very funny. Um, it's honestly where I get a lot of my sarcasm, my shit from. My mom is an asshole. But she's so much fun. And and she's such a professional. Like, she, she it's so crazy because, like, both sides of her, she's got such a great balance of I can really be professional and I could be just... Uh, let loose. Yeah, let loose and just be a jokester. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I was really lucky yeah, with dope. that. Like, and I know it's probably, you know, made a couple little jokes here and there. Like, sounds like I'm trashing my mom. And I'm not, but like, You're I not. definitely didn't have that. Yeah. Like, type of relationship with her at a certain point. But also, there was a certain point where it like changed. And it was kind of like being 15, 16. Like, you got to party with your older, mom. Right. Yes. Right. So it. She became one of the homies. Mom became the dope friendship mom because yeah, as I'm 16 and yeah, fuck it, I was drinking beer and smoking pot and doing things and like, you know, I'd smoke pot with my mom. I'd drink beer with my mom. My mom would party with us. My mom would just go upstairs and let let you know the boys come over and buy us you know four or five cases of beer and you know but. She was smart enough in that sense to, like, as as much a fuck-up as we were, like, she knew, like, give me your keys, right? Like, she... So she still got, was responsible. Here, she still had the responsible, yeah. Yeah. You guys are uh -huh. here. I'm buying you the beer. I'm buying you the whatever. You know, there's food. We'll order food. We'll do whatever. But give me your keys. Nobody's driving home. No one's going anywhere. No one's doing, you know, anything. Once you're here, you're here. Um. So, who you know... Invite all the people you need to have, but once everybody's here, they're here. So, you know, she she had her moments and she had her upsides. The one thing, like for me with my mom, that sucks is because, and I don't know why it 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 took this. Maybe it was just at a point in her life where, you know, she was at a point in her life when I was losing my sight, kind of where I'm at in my life now. Like I've gotten to this point in my life, like my ladies, like makes me super happy like i'm super good place super positive like i enjoy the shit out of life right now yeah and when i was going blind my mom was with a dude that was a super dope dude like hella cool we talked football i played I, he invited me to do some fantasy football with him like just a good dude that's dope and like you could see it in her like see it in her and her like mind changed her her mentality changed she was home more, doing shit more, cooking more, just being like, just being there. And like, we grew together. So like when I was going through my blind stuff too, like she was helping me way more. Like, again, she, she kind of had to, but like, I couldn't drive anymore. So I had, she had to take me to my appointments. 
you know, in that six months before she passed, I had like three different surgeries trying to like save some of my sight. So she was like putting eye drops in for me, like really, mm-hmm. really helping me. We really bonded and connected. And I was like, where was this shit like 10 years ago? When I was like, a kid, right? Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Why now? But, you know, it was, I, I definitely appreciated that we had those moments for those times. But it's, you know, you hear people say that like, oh, we really bonded you know, with their, like, when they talk about a parent that's passed, like, oh, we really bonded, like, their last six months, and I had that moment, I, I get it, I, I understand what people say that, like, because I had that moment, too, like, her last six months was, was a really dope time, but, yeah, man, yeah, I mean, I definitely look at, at people and, and how they, how their families are now, and, like, try to, like, urge people to be with their families and, you know, kind of, Take a different No, path and I like that. I like you, that. Because I'm the yeah, same way. You know, I, I see, you know, uh how like I'm telling you, like when I when I lose my mom, you know, that'll it's probably be, be the o- that'll probably be the only person like life is gonna change and flash before my eyes that day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh because she is the backbone. You understand what I'm saying? So like yeah. she just lost her mom. A couple months ago. And like, they didn't have the best relationship, even though my mom did a lot of things for her. They didn't all have the best relationship. My grandmother was another type of person who was very, she was a provider. She wasn't a nurturer. That's the truth about her. She provided whatever they needed to eat and school uniforms and clothes, all this bullshit. But when it came to like love and like it came it's to, tough. you know, Hard like my grandma was not budging for that. That's and, crazy. you know, it's, it's crazy because, too, like you always kind of think like from TVs and movies. And I get it is TV and movie. But like in that time, that would have been like this, the 60s and 70s. Kind yeah. of like in the 70s. That, in that era, like, yeah. 70s, yeah. She was born in 67. It was like so. a happy-go-lucky time. It was, it was yeah. kind of like love and peace. Like, so it's kind of weird that like your grandma was on the opposite side of that. Like, definitely. You know, and the thing is, you know, her. she, she, you know, I went through some really terrible experiences. Even as my mom and my and my aunt were here, you know, like you know, unfortunate stories of rape and stuff like that, and. um and so she just grew she grew just to be a jaded, angry, hateful woman. And I think, you know, and that's what happened. And like having that and living the experiences you've lived that have made you this way and then trying to raise kids, it just never works. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you have all that trauma and you never get to fix it. So I think that's what happened there. I think, you know, it's just this woman who dealt with so much trauma that she just took it out on everybody, every fucking body. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, it's amazing. It could go either way. You could grow to be like that or you could be a better example. And I think that's what my mom always wanted to be, even though she's jaded with love. And I've only ever seen her be with <laughs> like two people. I swear to you, like, it's so crazy. Like she was married to my dad he cheated on her multiple times and then uh and then i saw her date this one dude for like i saw him like two times probably 
And then yeah. she dated my stepdad. And then they got married really fast afterward. And they've been married for 18 years now, but... Hey, it works. You know. She found something. It clicked. She found something. And that's the thing. It's like... uh it's it's it kind of blows my mind to think you know she could have been an angry jaded person and treated us like shit but she really went the opposite way and was super loving and gave us everything she possibly could you know my mom luckily was even though she struggled she was able to get a really good administrative assistant job a couple years after high school, after she graduated high school. She was always working. She worked in, you know, a lawyer's office at 14. My whole family's been like that. My whole family was workers. Right. Um, my grandma started working at 13, 14. Then my mom, my brother, and my cousin. My cousin John started working at like 14 years old. Hustler's mentality, man. Hustler's yeah, mentality. and my cousin John had it. You know, like when he passed... He had money in Bitcoin. He had stocks. Like, he was really smart with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and that, that, that's, you know, nobody expects to die at 32. But, like, homeboy was, was setting himself up for a Have nice to. fortune when, when he was, you know, 50 plus. And that was his whole thought. And he, he was always really good with that. And so, to me, um, financial, uh, financial wealth... And that stuff has always been a thing for me because that was that was what he was trying to get us into, you know. So I love that stacking uh, it away, stacking it away for the winter. A little bit yeah. here and there. When you it's, when you sleep, you should be making money, right? That's the idea. Hundred percent, bro. Yes, you should be so fucking on. sleeping and making dollars. So if you're listening to this, please tell everybody about this podcast. Yes. Tell all your friends and family about this podcast. Share it with everybody so that we can grow as a, as a podcast. Um, yeah. I think we should wrap it there. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that's I'd like good. To, Drop a, a a couple more episodes with just the two of us here and there in between interviews. I think uh, people would enjoy that. So if you guys enjoy that, just make sure to let us know. Um, I think for right now, uh, at so our social media is going to be at the Blind Idiots. I know we got that out on Twitter right now. That's right? correct. Yeah, Twitter and Instagram is yeah. built. So the Blind Idiots. We don't have anything on either page right now, but we're getting everything going. So make sure you follow us there so that you can be first in the know when everything is coming out and uh, you can be in the know when we have interviews lined up because um, yeah. we're going to be talking to some big names uh, and that's always the goal is to talk to some big names and really dive in, dive in deep into what they do. This is episode one of just the two of us. Like I said, I think it'd be dope to drop a couple here and there just sharing more stories about who we are, where we came from and just you guys get to learn more about us as this show progresses feel free to drop us questions i mean if you want clarification on something or you want us to dive deeper into something that you heard in an episode uh drop us an email and let us know about it and uh we'll address it the best we can so uh inbox at blindidiots.com that's the one yep all right yeah so uh until the next episode, uh, y'all be good. Have fun. Hopefully you guys got a little smarter to learn about us, and we hope to uh, bring something informative to the table in the next episode. Yes, sir. 